Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. And this is Minute 11 of Fright Night. It begins with a tearful reunion and it ends with a stolen burger. I'd gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. We're at a 50s diner slash uh, Woolworths. I, I tried to hunt down what this might be, and I came up with several different things. So in the script, it says, It's the after-school hangout, a bunch of tables before a fast food joint on the fourth floor of a shopping mall. Kids yeah. mill about, nearby video game machines going full blast, a TV playing The Young and the Restless is on the counter. Okay. So according to the script, it's kind of like a, like a diner in a mall, kind of like a food court kind of situation. That makes sense, I suppose. But I guess I'm going to have to go back and watch the previous minute because didn't it seem like beyond all the toys or whatever the hell it is, T-shirts and things, doesn't it seem like it's street level? Street it outside? definitely didn't seem like fourth floor. So in the novel, it's called Wally's Burger Heaven, and it's uh, located in the uh, Rancho Corvallis Mall. The other thing I found out about it, the relocation, and I found this out because I got a hold of a, a couple of commentaries in the past week. This is put out by, uh, I guess, this website called Icons of Fright because uh, there's sadly no commentaries on the DVD. So Mm -hmm. these, like, you know, horror fans, like, got people like Tom Holland and William Ragsdale and I almost said Jerry Dandridge, uh, Chris Sarandon, (laughs) you know, uh, all together to kind of uh, do uh, separate commentaries. And so during the commentary with Tom Holland... And William Ragsdale and Stephen Jeffries, they were wondering, like, well, where is this place? And they said it was a restaurant called Oz. And it's not O-Z, it's A-H-S. And according to them, it's a real restaurant that's inside the Century City shopping mall. Okay. And they're like, oh, it's still around. I I went searching on the internet. I could not find what they were talking about. So... (laughs) Those are three different things. So it, it is something that's definitely... A place. They just decided to use as a location. It's not a set. It's a real place. It's, it's a real place, yeah. Who knows what or where, but it's real. Okay. Yeah. Like, I tried searching Oz, A-H-S, and I just kept up coming up with American Horror Story links. It's like, well, this is not working. <laughs> and even searching for Century City Shopping Mall, I kept on finding, like, different versions, like, different names, about, but not actually something called Century City Shopping Mall. So it might have been a thing where they were like, oh, it's that place. Uh, and they... I don't know. Maybe they don't, they don't specifically remember it as well as they think they do. Or maybe it's well, just not around anymore. That was what I was going to say. I wonder how old that commentary you found was. Yeah. Or if the malls in America are, are just, they're dying. Man. They're dying out, yeah. There's one not far from us that I think it's pretty yeah. sizable. And there's one store functioning in it or two. The food court's even empty. I know. It's dying to be made into a zombie movie, that place. It's, it's like I'm sure they'd let us rent it out. Yeah. Uh, the music playing in the background of uh, the scene is a song called Rock Myself to Sleep. <laughs> and it's done by the band April Wine. April Wine is a Canadian rock band from Nova Scotia. They got started in 1969. This song is off their 1986 album, Walking Through Fire. 
and they even released a music video for it, which unfortunately has nothing to do with Fright Night. But I'll tell you, it's uh, <laughs> it's basically like a, a teenage girl dancing in skimpy lacing pajamas. She can't get to sleep, so of course she needs some rock. So she puts an April Wine laser disc into her player and dances as this 38-year-old lead singer uh, rocks out on the television. <laughs> the song <laughs> song isn't that great. It's kind of repetitive. It's it's you know, during the 80s the the cock rock got big. And yeah. a lot of the 70s yeah. bands tried coming out and like doing 80s cock rock and it this is just like another That's not a new thing. It seems to happen a lot. Bands that are starting to fade and have passed their prime will sort of jump on the trend and start wearing goth clothes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. the hell it is. We all cut whatever. our hair. Remember they all cut our, cut their hair in the 90s? I'm a big Louis Prima fan. Do you know who Louis Prima is? Uh, because I'm a, a friend of yours, yes. All right, good he, he man. Is, he is a, an orangutan, I believe. That's right. He's a real-life walking, talking, singing uh, <laughs> monkey. Uh, I'm he, referring to the Jungle Book. I'm not a racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Louis Prima, I love the guy. His career spanned – I think his career started in the 20s around then and ended maybe in the late 70s. He had a couple great hits. People know Jump Driving Whale, Just a Gigolo. And I love his sort of mid-career, I would say, late 50s, early 60s swing. You know, that predates the Jungle Book stuff. But I, I really, really love it. The early stuff is more like ragtime. And then there's the swing era. But it's he is one of those guys. It's really sad. By the time the 70s roll ar- rolled around, He's wearing sequins and doing disco versions of Jump Jack Whale. And it's really, really sad, man, to see some someone so awesome and talented to go down that road. Yeah. Just do your thing, man. Yeah. Um, I got to say, this is not very good, this April Wine, but there is a song by them that's from like the 70s. It's called Roller. It is pretty kick-ass. It is like, like a classic, you know, 70s rock song. It, it kicks a lot of ass. I was actually jamming out to it this week the uh april wine song can actually be found on their uh soundtrack which is out there they they have two soundtracks for fright night there is a score one which is uh not so much found you can pretty much find it on bootlegs we'll, we'll be talking about that later this week but uh there's a, a soundtrack with all the songs that <laughs> you can actually go on amazon it's they have it available on cd and and tape <laughs> and uh vinyl <laughs> so is it available on vinyl? Yes. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, it's like thirty dollars if you really want those songs, you know. Wow! I just want the vinyl, the cover art, and all of that. I know exactly. It'd be cool to kind of hang up. It'd be something you'd be like bringing up on like a later podcast and be like, "It reminds me of." Oh, I have the record actually. Let me just pull oh, it out here. You're so jealous of my awesome Fright Night stuff. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, so anyway, back to the movie. Amy and Charlie. Uh, you know they're they're making up. Charlie is he starts apologizing first. Good for him. He realizes he's kind of a douche. Um, but then Amy just like jumps in and says it's her fault. And and then Amy starts talking about how it's just been kind of so hard. You know, dealing with this whole them being mad at each other and not uh, calling each other every night. Yeah. And- he says he loves her, and he says he never wants to fight with her again. And it's uh, it's nice. It's like you know these guys yeah, are two best friends. They clearly meet each other. Um, but then <laughs> yeah and then he blows it oh charlie yep i don't blame him. after what he thought he saw or heard the night before then a, a newscast 
grabs his attention. Yeah, he stands up, and by the way, this is when I start go, whoa, what is this? What's he wearing? Is this like a beige life preserver? Is he a yeah. sailor? Would you jump ship? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, what gets Charlie's attention is the picture on the TV. It's the beautiful blonde, blonde he, he met the previous day, who might have been the one that let out that shriek the night before. And we have the only newscaster in town, Robert Rodale, reporting. And he talks about how it's the second murder in two days in Rancho Corvallis. And that's actually where we get the name of this town finally, like, in the movie. Right. So, obviously, this is a minute-by-minute podcast. I have to detour every single little nook and cranny of this movie. So I just started wondering, like, what's up with that name? (laughs) What's Rancho Corvallis all about? Where does that even come from? Um, And I'm not quite sure. I didn't read anything about where Tom might have come up with that name. And also, it's like, this is Iowa. Like, do you hear of Rancho Corvallis in like a mid-state? I would think that's like a southwestern kind of thing. Right. <laughs> so I looked up the name and of course it, it didn't match any any actual city names. But well, Corvallis did. There's a town in Oregon called Corvallis. And Corvallis is actually Latin for heart of the valley. There's um, also a street named Rancho. Rancho Ave in Corvallis. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize there was a street in there. I just happen to be looking it up right now. (laughs) Your quick Google search outdid my... uh, uh, No, but I I was wondering what Rancho came from. Ranchos were like these large land grants that were given by the Spanish and Mexican government between 1784 and 1821, all in California for like, you know, the Spanish and Mexican people to raise cattle. And then after California became a state in 1850, they pretty much did right away with that. In a sense, it's sort of the name of the town means the large center of the valley, I guess. The large. Yeah. yeah. I stand corrected. It's El Rancho Ave. Uh, Okay. But close enough. Yeah. Um, We find out the girl's name and, uh, you know, we assume that she was a prostitute by the way she was dressing. But um, it was (laughs) they say she's a she's a known prostitute. Her name is Cheryl Lane. And her badly mutilated corpse was found underneath the North Creek Bridge by the old mill. I love how, like, this newscaster's like, you know, the old mill. Like, what is this, Scooby-Doo? Everybody (laughs) knows about the old mill. (laughs) (laughs) This is also where Ed makes another appearance. So Charlie stands up in the middle of this heartfelt conversation with Amy distracted by the television set and then evil ed appears sort of in the background behind some booths and he's walking towards the tv as well and at first glance i thought oh ed works here his suspenders at first glance made me think he was wearing an apron or something like he was coming out of the kitchen no he's just dressing like the 80s that's all (laughs) i just sort of again what is ed wearing (laughs) (laughs) and his delivery of his next line are so quirky and funny and weird. He's weird as shit. It's really good. I wrote down the word titters because before yeah. Ed gets into the full blown laughter, and that's in the next minute, he's just it's just like, hey, like he's so excited that this is happening. And yeah, he says he uh, heard it over the police scanner. And then he mentions how, like, can you believe it? Like, both their heads got chopped off. Yeah, and he loves it. Um, And and it's like both their heads got chopped off, and he's just like, (laughs) can you believe it? (laughs) Uh, And Charlie says, you're sick. Um, Have you ever known anyone that was murdered? 
uh, I was thinking about that watching that. I don't think so. My brother's friend, they were buddies maybe like sixth through ninth grade. I don't know, a couple of years, maybe not even that long. I'd have to ask him. But that guy, that guy's in jail forever. Him and his mother. They conspired to murder his stepfather, her second husband. What the heck is his name? Norman Bates? He lured him out into the horse barn, shot him in the head, and then took a shovel to his skull and bashed the shit out of it, hoping to cover his tracks and make it look like the horse had stomped him. Oh, I see. Taking nobody on notice the gunshot wound by the head being bit. Oh, my God. Yeah, so forensics figured all that stuff out. He's in jail for life, and he claimed that his mother had helped him and, and, I don't know, encouraged or was a part of it to do this. Um, So I believe, I I don't know if she's going in jail, but he's, he's, he's done. It's it's interesting how there's scary movies and then there's like real life violence and crime and how Charlie is immediately like you're sick when but Ed is the kind of person that is would probably be like you know addicted to like true crime podcasts at this point <laughs> like just right, be right. watching all those weird like oh my god the sicker the better you know it, like a yeah, real so, life horror movie well that's part of the reason why I love this movie. It's whimsical. There's it's fantasy. I love vampire tales, and I'm not a big fan of uh, gore porn, you know, or torture porn. Right. Those kind of horror movies, I, I'm not. I'm not really into it. I I either like this sort of whimsical fantasy, uh, or you know, horror comedy. I love, and this kind of you know toes the line of a comedy and a horror movie. So I really, I that's why it's one of my favorites, if not my favorite movie of all time, because the real stuff. It's too rough. I did watch the Ted Bundy tapes with my wife. Mm-hmm. I do have an interest my in wife. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I do have an interest in serial killers. But I do. But uh I don't I don't I don't know. Real life is pretty scary. But there are some guys I've had I had a friend that was a big horror movie fan and that's where we disagreed. He really liked the Uber violent stuff. Mm. And I only like that if it's Tarantino style, like it's so violent it's over yeah, the top. Cartoonish no. almost. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, and it's just interesting to see the the contrast between Ed and Charlie. The, the Mister Straight Lace Charlie is definitely just like he's into just the fiction, the fun, and Ed is all about like oh the, the wherever the the blood is coming from, it'd be it, it's kind of titillating to yeah. to to to, to <laughs> hear about these stories, you know, because he's just like. Oh. And uh, I will say I've been reading along with the novelization and he he doesn't just say, can you believe it? He he actually says, fuck Fright Night, Chucko. We got a real monster here. You know, he's just <laughs> really excited. Yeah. Well, we can't finish this minute until we uh, talk about somebody who has been standing behind these two, looking back and forth at them, completely oblivious to what had happened before. Like she's sitting there pouring her heart out. He gets up and starts watching the TV and then starts joking back and forth with her friend. Or at least, you know, that's what it looks like to her, I think. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> pissed. Like, you know, some okay, the news is that somebody got murdered. That Ed is chuckling away. She steps aside and then she steals a burger from a young Stephen King. <laughs> I wrote uh, the same thing down. <laughs> <laughs> so we end this minute on, hey, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll find out what uh what's gonna happen to them uh in the next minute. You got anything else? I do not. 
All right, so I think it's probably time to put a stake in this one. Please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Men. Send your feedback to Fright Night Minute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Len. Thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everyone. <laughs> He's a vampire. A what? <laughs> You're so cool, bro.